Welcome to Psyche Magic, a podcast about waking up to the subconscious via our nocturnal dreams. I'm your host, Jordan Hale. I'm a psychotherapist based in Nashville, Tennessee. Together, we'll learn to befriend the unknown and her deep well of wisdom. While aspects of this podcast may feel therapeutic, it is never meant to take the place of therapy. Welcome back to Psyche Magic. I hope you're easing your way into my absolute favorite season, autumn. This episode will air around the autumn equinox when the wheel of the year turns yet again and we enter a time of waning light and inwardness, a time when the underworld is active and our dreams can really come alive. I'm looking forward to visiting some farmer's markets, seeking pumpkins, root vegetables because it's soup season, and of course, apple cider donuts. As far as news for the show, thank you to everyone who checked out our season premiere, Psychedelic Dreams with Robert DeSalvo, LCSW. It got a really great response, and I'm excited to keep the conversation going with him as this exciting arm of the field continues to unfold. On the Patreon, I released a mini-sode entitled Herbs and Plant Partners for Dreamwork last week, so head on over and check it out if you're interested. An extra special shout out to my very first patron, Duncan Banks. The next Patreon mini-sode comes from my conversation with today's guest, Dream Rituals. This is essentially enacting an element from a dream in the real world as a sort of offering and acknowledgement to the subconscious that we're listening. Today's episode has me thinking about how vital our inner world becomes during the darker, quieter seasons. This, of course, leads me into that persistent obsession of mine. What happens to our creativity during this time of year? I am lucky enough to have found a doctor who is a brilliant MD and also an integrative medicine practitioner. Shout out to Dr. Amy Price Neff here in Nashville. She's the first doctor I've ever had who I feel truly listens to me. Treatment always feels collaborative and effective. I could go into a whole diatribe about my frustrations with the medical industry here in the U.S., but I will save that for another day. What I want to share today is that last time I visited Dr. Neff, she asked me how my mental health had been. I gave her what I like to think was a thorough and nuanced answer, but what she latched onto surprised me. She said that when she asks this question, she always listens for whether her adult patients are exercising their sense of imagination and creativity. If yes, she sees this as a marker to indicate someone who is feeling fulfilled. 
I had never thought of that direct correlation in such simple terms, but it really was a light bulb moment for me. If we are being creative, we are hanging out in the upper segments of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. We are safe, secure, and stable, and able to shift our focus towards the area of self-actualization. I recently watched the documentary, The Last Movie Stars, about Paul Newman and Joanne Woodward, directed by Ethan Hawke, which I highly recommend if you're a fellow cinephile. I wound up revisiting a TED Talk Ethan did in 2020 about creativity. One of my key takeaways was his echoing of this message, that creativity is not frivolous, it is essential. We need to tell our stories through our creative work in order to remind each other that we have more in common than we might think. But we must know ourselves in order to express ourselves. Asking yourself what you love, what moves you, and then finding ways to move closer to what you love in small ways in your daily life and habits. This is how we begin to heal ourselves and each other. So if we want to help our community, our family, our friends, we must find ways to express ourselves. Civil rights and queer rights activist, writer, and professor Audre Lorde says it best, quote, Poetry is not only dream and vision. It is the skeleton architecture of our lives. It lays the foundations for a future of change, a bridge across our fears of what has never been before. Unquote. This brings me to today's guest, Trenise Bryant, who is truly a pillar of the Nashville and especially the East Nashville community. Trenise describes herself as host of True Talks podcast, owner of Let's Talk Gardening, District 8 Beautification Commissioner, observer of nature, and student of life. Trenise is someone who lives into Audrey's words. She is brave enough to learn publicly, generous enough to share her process and not just the final product, and is constantly creating in service of her community. She is a trailblazing Taurus, and I'm thrilled to have had the opportunity to talk with her today. I hope you enjoy our conversation as much as I did. All right, Trinise, welcome to Psyche Magic. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for having me, Jordan. <laughs> I'm excited to be here. Yay! I, Trinise, you know that I'm a big fan of your work and your community engagement. You are such a pillar of the Nashville community. So I am thrilled and honored that you wanted to be on my show. So yay. Listen, I'm a fan of Psyche Magic, so I am all game for going on this journey with you. Like I said, I'm excited to be here, and it was so dope when we last connected, so happy to see your face again, you know? Happy to see you too, Trinice. Yeah. It's been a while, honestly. Yeah. It feels like a lot of life has happened in between. I hope so. 
I know. <laughs> so I'm excited to have this as an opportunity to just catch up in general. Like that's always fun. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, Trinise, I know we're going to have a lot to talk about. So I think we should dive in with our little tarot moment, if that's okay, okay. with you. Okay, let's go. While you were kind of getting ready, I was shuffling and just kind of like feeling and just setting that intention of just a little guidance, you know, um, just a little bit of guidance for the conversation. On your show, True Talks, one of my favorite aspects is that you like the conversation to be really organic. And I completely agree. Yeah. I really dislike when interview shows feel like they're already all scripted out. I just feel like you're missing out on so much spontaneity. So um, I like to treat tarot the same way. So let's just see. Let's see what comes up. Okay. Should I cross my fingers for this? Cool something really good. I don't know how this goes. <laughs> hey, if you feel like it, that's cool. There's a okay. lot of there's a lot of nervousness around tarot, and I think usually when we pull the card, a lot of that just kind of washes away, and we can yeah. just be curious together. So let's see what comes up. You know, it's not the act itself for me. I think my nerves derive from like me not being that vulnerable of a person. So yes. you're revealing something it's like, oh, OK, well, we're going there. <laughs> like someone is going to see something about me. Yeah. I'm going to feel seen in a way that might be a little uncomfortable. Yeah, but I'm, I'm open to it. You call me at a time where I'm very open in life. So awesome. Oh, I'm so glad. OK, Trinis, we pulled a really cool card. So this okay. is the eight of pentacles. OK, so I'm going to give you a nice, good look at that so that you can just kind of take it in. And nice. I'm going to describe this card to the audience. So this is someone working on a bench, hammering these little discs. So these are the pentacle discs. The pentacles in the suit of tarot refers to the realm of the material world, behavior, things that we can see and touch, like physical things that create create safety, security, stability. So he's hammering these little discs and he's posting them up onto a tree. And so there are eight total. Um, he's removed from, you can see like in the background, there's a castle, there's like a little town and he's really far away from all of that as he's just focused on his work and just doing what needs to be done away from all the hustle and the bustle of the city. Yes, this card is a very, very active card. So, okay, Trinice, what comes up for you when you see this? Like, what, oh, what does it man. make you think of? A lot of transitions are occurring right now. And so I have been quite open to people about, like, before I used to chase the dollar, I would sign up for jobs because it would offer me a sense of security. And yes. it'll make a, a, you know, me meet to an end or an end to me, whatever. Y'all get the point. We know. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to make ends meet, essentially. And so now I'm really honing in on what am I here to do? And what aligns with that, even from a career standpoint. So the stability thing that that's something that pops up as a tourist. I like, I like stability. Okay. Yes. I love stability. Let me reframe it. <laughs> like, yes, yeah. like material, like yeah. I can see it. I can touch it. Yes. And for me, the fact that it's being, you know, pinned to something that's so stationary, a tree, man, like, come on. I, I love that. I'm rooted in in things that are, are going to be here regardless of what my outcome in life is. But the, the focus on 
not the material things, but what what my intention is. I'm very big on that. So it's speaking to me in a lot of different ways. Maybe off off uh, mic, I will share with you um, an opportunity that has presented itself that just just a couple of hours ago I was kind of going back and forth on. It's like yo. Yeah, you 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 tap in the chin here. <laughs> uh, you're like, there's something going on here. Well, I yeah. love what you said about um, like the rootedness of the tree being incorporated in this work. So this is not just about me as as myself as an individual. This is also about like blending with the world around me and creating that foundation using all of the resources available to me. So yeah. that's uh, yeah, that's like really powerful, and I'm glad that. That you're feeling that shift of it's not just material for material's sake. It's not just money for money's sake, but it's like the value of my time itself. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's interesting because like that's the thing that I think everyone has in common is wanting stability, rather right? it's emotional, you know, physical or financial journey. But yeah. this pandemic has kind of upended us in a way that has questioned what our motives of being behind things. And we have I believe people are more aware right now of what it is they want and what they're yes. willing to give up for. And so I've always been that way. I'll be honest with you. I tell people I make a horrible employee because I don't stay where I don't feel like I need to. So that means I can <sighs> clock in right now and clock out in the next second if I feel like I'm not supposed to be there and I'm not getting anything from it. So my my journey career-wise is being very, in, you know, unstable when it comes to a nine to five, but it's been consistent as an entrepreneur. And so I'm just trusting a lot of things that don't necessarily make sense, but moving in that wavelength and that energy, hopefully it pans out or we'll have a separate conversation. <laughs> I know, I know exactly. Like those kinds of steps feel like those leap of faith moments kind of yeah. over and over again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. Yeah. Oh. Our garden is, is, is feeling pretty good now though. You know, okay, can you please tell us a little bit about that? Trinice? like personally, I got really into gardening during the pandemic and I'm surprised because I'm someone who tends to hobby hop a lot. I get real excited about something for like a month and then I don't care anymore. However, this has stuck around for me. I'm Ooh. still super interested. I know. So tell us about let's talk gardening and how that has sort of evolved you know, built, grown for you. Walk us through that, please. Yeah, it truly feels like me having fun, you know, mm -hmm. because at the at the core of it is teaching. And that's something that I've always, even informally, like I, I tell people, you know, growing up, I was always the kid that required other kids around me to do things, um, even in the summer, academic base. Like we would have to read up to a certain chapter before we can play or let's paint, let's draw what we see. Let's do some things before actually just getting behind a screen of any kind. Now, I'm a 90s kid, so I'm probably a part of the last generation that is used to going over at someone's house and sitting on the porch for hours with no cell phone. Yeah. You know, that type of disconnect. So at the core of Let's Talk Garden has always been teaching. I started off with collaborating with local gardeners, showing people how they can grow within their space and how others were doing that, maximizing their harvest. So we would showcase garden tours. Yeah. And that has evolved into me giving demos and also um, a service now, an LLC. I didn't anticipate it being that, but it turned into that when people wanted to purchase my organic plants. Um, and then I, 
I started offering services along with that. So we host consultations so that hopefully the consultation for me is a one and done. I don't mind you paying me to come and show you what's possible or to give you some type of blueprint to craft the type of garden you want. But my objective is for you to learn it so you can do it yourself. That's right. That's right. It's like the teach a man to fish thing, right? Well, teach a person to fish. (laughs) Yeah. Um, my yeah. mom would be like, don't don't tell somebody you you knocking yourself out of money. I'm like, for me, it's about teaching you so that you can do it yourself. I much rather do that because for me, business is only as successful if you can remove yourself out of the equation and it continues on. Exactly. You know? That's true sustainability. Yeah. It's not just dependence, it's interdependence. Yeah, that's true. That's beautiful, Trinise. Like, and that says so, but that says so much about your personal like passion and direction here. Like this really matters to you. It's not just a money grab. Like this this is what you really care about. It's not. I tell people like, I know that doesn't make sense coming from someone who's getting paid to be here with you, but literally I'd prefer to give you this blueprint and you to ask me questions, follow up questions. I can come back out here and show you something new, but I don't want to come out here and do the work for you as often no. as you doing it yourself and getting like the learning and hands-on experience. Because that is what's central to your mission is that there are more people in our community who can grow their own food. Like what a yeah. beautiful, empowering thing. Yeah. And see, a lot of people felt very lost uh, during the pandemic because there was food shortages. I know. And so that's why people started gravitating to trying to learn anything about gardening, even if it was just a herb that they didn't even use. So like they grab some basil and One see what thing. happens. Yeah. So I tell people, start where you are. Um, that's a yeah. big a big thing because a lot of people think it takes a lot of space. You have to have land. Like, no, I started out of a, a bay window very small, could only hold maybe five or six pots. And I grew from there. But even when I got outside, I didn't have access to my aunt's um, front or backyard. So I would grow in a driveway out of containers. And eventually during the pandemic, somehow I managed to get her to agree to allow me to install some raised beds. <laughs> so, little by little chipping away. Yeah, I got two raised beds out of the situation and I really showed people how I grew a lot of stuff in that small space. That's right. And, I mean, that's what it's about. You're never going to have all of what you need at the time that you need it or feel that, that you do. Just use what you already have and make it work. Yeah. Oh, that's so awesome. That is the message people need to hear is that you can do a lot with just a little bit of space and a little bit of time. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't have to be all or nothing. Look, I get that message turning into psyche magic, man. Some of your conversations with your guests are just powerful. Like even the dreaming. I love that you are putting in here the meditation practices and stuff. Nice. Because I'm, I'm a binge listener. So I go through listening to episodes get and, in the mode with like yeah. one show yeah I do that too actually yeah. for oh, every so podcast I support and yeah. psyche magic is definitely one of them that I do that so the meditation I come off of meditation and go into you know someone sharing with us some of their dreams or how they interpret things and it's mind-blowing what you get from it but that message comes out in your podcast as well thank you Trinise. that means it a does. lot coming from you like really a lot um, okay. You're do you want to talk, talk about dreams? Okay. 
Okay, are you let's ready? Do this. Are Our you last ready? conversation about dreams was woo, it was insightful. So <laughs> yes, yeah, so this was this was on your show. And I remember that you had a couple of like really specific kind of topics that you were interested in. Do you want to revisit any of those now? Yeah. Like have any of those sort of evolved for you, or do you want to go in a different direction? Like I'm open to whatever you want to do. Let's go in a different direction because I think I, I got the answers I needed out of those. Yes. I've seen that come the full, full circle now. Really? That's cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Okay. So yeah, what's been going on in your dream world? Is there anything you want to share? You know, what's reoccurring for me is storms, um, storms and bridges. So more recently, uh, the one that's coming to mind right now, I don't know if I DM'd you about this or not a while back, but I had an old professor to show up in my dream. Okay. I had people that I knew around me in this dream and were on this, you know, kind of dilapidated pandemonium type of bridge. It was just falling apart um, over water. We were in a storm. And for whatever reason, I was having trouble hanging on. And I eventually went into the water. I can't swim. I've always jumped in the water like I can. So I'm yeah. not like super fearful of falling in water per se, like a, maybe even a, a small pond or a swimming pool. But this yeah. was a river, y'all. So I was nervous. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I, knew if I fell in, I, I wouldn't be able to help myself. Um, yes. But I fell in and I tried something out. I just started imitating what I saw in movies or whatnot. And it worked. Um, me flaring my arms and, and legs. And for whatever reason, I was able to remain on the surface. But I still needed help getting out of it. And that help didn't come. I mean, people were helping others who had fallen in because that part of the bridge had went into the, the river. Uh, but it didn't help, it didn't come. Somehow that dream transitioned into me being in a classroom. And interesting. There was an officer there, and there was also a white um peer. I don't know how, but this girl managed to get a rock and bust the window. And Whoa. she had been in the water, apparently, because she was soaked. And she stepped away from the scene, like left the classroom. And I was in there like trying to figure out, okay, where did she get the rock from? And how can we fix this window? But by the time I was left by the window, it looked like I had did it. Because I was also wet. I had just came out of the the river. I just didn't see the transition of how. um, And the officer saw me and it was all put on me, you know. So I know (gasps) that that's dealing directly with how verbal I am about and how intentional I am about connecting with officers and being honest about my distrust there. Um, But the rest of it, not receiving help, you know, feeling like I jumped into something or I fell into something that was could have ended my life. But I tried, you know, and I got out of it. I don't know how. But then I dealt with this, you know, this particular professor I haven't connected with, but he was one of my favorite like college professors. But I know why he appeared in my dream. Um, I, I can't speak on on it, but share that with you off mic. But like, but there's a distinct. Yeah, there's a connection there. Yes. Connection. Yeah. Well, and then. OK, so the first thing that I want to talk to you about is the fact that this was a body of water that was already inherently unsafe 
right? Like knowing that this was the type of water that it was, it was a river, it was deep, it was unpredictable. Like there's that knowing that this is not going to be a comfortable situation. And so what I think is really interesting is that you found what you needed by just acting as if, like by just faking it until you made it. You were able to imitate things that you had seen other people do. And this was what helped you just sort of get to the place that you needed to be. And I think that's really interesting. I think about that a lot in terms of people who are community engagers, people who are activists, there's so much power to be had in looking to others and looking to what others are doing and what others have done in the past and not trying to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like We don't need to reinvent the wheel. There are other people out there who are doing great work and we can look to them. So that's interesting that that was something that you tapped into in this dream. However, the part that maybe feels a little bit more fraught and like unresolved is the part where you felt like you needed help and that help just wasn't arriving. Like that there was this feeling of, oh, even though I need help right now, I'm going to have to do this by myself. Like it's the only way out. Right. I also think it's interesting that you got out of it, but that you didn't see how in the dream. It was like, you know, in a movie where you're in one scene and then all of a sudden it just cuts and now you're <laughs> somewhere else, right? Like, yeah. So you didn't actually get to see the process of like how that happened. There was no resolution in that regard, mm -hmm. you know? You putting it like that is making sense now. It's interesting and curious to me because dreams always are meant to show us things that we don't already know or don't already understand. And so there's something about this dream that is really just doubling down on the mystery, like doubling down on the fact that I, I'm not going to get an answer, here, a clear answer here. There's just this sense of like, I will find a way. Oh, man, that ain't life for you. I know. <laughs> I know. Seasons, like, oh, can I get something, you know, know. answered a clear cut? Mm -hmm. yes. Well, yeah, that would be so soothing. <laughs> like that would, be, that would be so helpful. And yet that's just so often not the way it works. I wanted to talk about the classroom section a little bit more. So what was interesting about this section is that there was an element here of that feeling. And now you mentioned that dealing with the police is a fraught subject, right? Like as someone mm -hmm. in the black community, this is, this is going to be fraught. This is going to be difficult. Side note, Trinise has an episode of her podcast where she interviews an officer in the wake of the George Floyd murder. And it's one of the most powerful things I've heard. Everyone should go and listen. It's a very nuanced conversation about all the things that were missing dur like during that day, the communication that was missing during that day. So that's just a side note that everyone should go and check that out on Trinise's True Talks feed. But so Trinise, you said that this is something that right away you knew that this was an important element of the dream is that distrust. Was there anything else that you wanted to say about that part? Because I think that's really yeah. interesting. Um, thank you for mentioning that episode. Yes. Uh, that's one that I, I replay often and learn from because I was speaking from an emotional standpoint and I feel like I didn't articulate the best version of me, but I showed up, you know? Exactly. That's, yeah. That's one of those moments where if I could, the old me would have tried to correct it would have tried to softball it, would have tried to, you know, appear 
um, in a more dignified manner for a lack of better word, because I didn't appear less dignified, but just internally, I feel like it wasn't the best version of me. I'm well, I'm well versed. I'm well spoken. I can get very specific about what I mean. And at that time I was just like, Hey, I am this person. I feel this way. So it definitely was one of those that I'm still learning from today. But when it comes to that dream, I've been working closely with the East Precinct here Okay, uh, for this area. Yeah, I've been initiating the conversations. I've been initiating contact in a way that they haven't had from this community. And this is a community that has a major distrust uh, with them. Uh, to share a little bit about an experience we had on the yeah. very first community event that I hosted here was a community cleanup. This area has never had that before. Now, Trinice, which area is this? Uh, this is East Nashville. So yeah. right in, like behind Hart Lane, headed towards Trinity Lane, right yep. near the Oakwood Flats uh, new establishment. Nashville folks, y'all know where this yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the real East Nashville. That's right. Shepherdwood, formerly That's right. known as Shepherdwood, but mm-hmm. it's been retitled as something else. But uh, what's going around is Friends of Oakwood Park. But nonetheless, I hosted a cleanup and the East Precinct showed their support. Yeah. You know, sometimes you invite community coordinator from your precinct out. They kind of make some runs to make sure everything goes smoothly. You're not experiencing sure. any issue with speeding or anything like that as you're trying to clean up. Well, they came out to do that and lo and behold, they had their experience with the way the community views them. This particular officer approached me. People in the neighborhood saw me walk up to the park and I like to station the supplies at the entrances. So they saw me doing that and they knew I hadn't did anything. Right. But they perceived our contact, our interaction as the officer harassing me because he pulled over and I wasn't, this didn't make it any better. I was kneeling to tie the bag to the entrance post. So it looked like he was standing over me and kind of ordering that I stay put because I was still talking with him from that angle. And I mean, it caused like a lot of friction. It caused a lot of panic in people who perceived it a certain way that it wasn't. I had a neighbor to approach us, which he's approaching this officer from the back, you know, walking up and asking me if I'm okay. Yes. And I'm waving him back now trying to watch out for this officer because he hasn't did anything wrong. And also de-escalate the tension that I'm detecting from onlookers and neighbors who have watched me my entire life. I'm born wow. and raised with you. So they I know. know my character. And he's like, are you good? I'm, I'm reassuring them, but telling them to stay put. Like, don't escalate this situation like hey I'm I'm fine we're just talking you know he didn't even trust me telling him I was fine he came down to my my aunt's house to get my mom and my aunt and let them know and what he told them was that the police has your baby on the ground and like oh and like now my mom is making her way up my aunt and even my neighbors who are older are making their way up there and it's like all of this tension because of something that occurred publicly we can't turn away from it yes and also there being a, a long lasting distrust there. It's been a disconnect and it's only going to take one incident or several others to make us feel as though this is possible in our neighborhood. Yes. And it was a moment where I was able to speak directly with that officer and saying, hey, see, I you heard me reassure him that everything was fine. But because you wear that badge, he still didn't trust my reassurance. Like yeah. I can't even get through to him. And this is an issue because it was right after the incident that happened with the young man, uh, was it Elijah? I want to say it may have been Elijah. Yeah. So 
people were still feeling some kind of way. So it's definitely the George Floyd, but another incident had occurred. And this was the weekend of that. I'm like, had I oh thought about God. it, I probably wouldn't have hosted it. Might have waited, but still. But it was meant but to be. The, but the, exactly, because these are triggers. This is trauma. Right. This is the exact way that trauma plays out. But generationally in a community, there are these moments where everyone is in that fight or flight like mm-hmm. like that just hyper vigilant oh no like something's wrong something's terribly wrong and we're so scared yeah i mean and it it takes work and you know i've been spearheading a lot of stuff and i'm not the type that likes to say what i've been doing i just do it and so yeah, yeah. i think that all of that is caught up with me in terms of you know how hard i'm going at being a fixer i have to stop thing requires you to fix it and then there's this unspoken level of burdensome that comes along with doing that Like people don't tell you how, yeah, you grow fatigued being an activist, but they don't tell you how you feel less than you feel you're not working fast enough uh, when you encounter a problem in a community where you're you're on the ground and you're doing the work and everybody's not showing up. I know. I mean, it's oftentimes I'm not unfamiliar with walking alone. I can do that with ease. But in this season, I feel called to be more community oriented and connect with other and be resourceful and ask for help. And in the times where I'm doing it, I'm still not receiving the amount of help that, you know, I feel like I would give to someone else, but I've learned a lesson a long time ago. You can't expect the help um, that you would give out of someone else. They're not built that way, but what do you do when you need help? Right. <laughs> well, there's your dream, you know? Trinice. Like yeah, there's that's your what dream. I'm saying. You, you, you hitting on some stuff that's that I didn't it. think about. <laughs> yeah, that's you in the water trying to navigate. Like, how do we actually help each other when there's so much fear? Yeah. And not only that, how do you help your strong friends? You know, because it's hard to ask for help. I'm I'm it's one that so people hard. come to. It's very hard, to, but I'm asking. And, you know, I, I must say, man, to to my friends out there, I'm going to shout some folks out real quick because they, they've been lovely. Good. Uh, they've been some accountability partners. They've been encouragers when I've needed. They've been people that have said, I just want to hold space for you. I don't want to offer advice. I just want to listen. No, just, yeah, yeah, just be there. So my boy Ryan, right off the bat, my girl Kelly, man, y'all have been gold. And if I'm someone that's vulnerable enough to do that with you, man, y'all know y'all can get the last off of my plate. But that's how I feel like people who are strong that are oftentimes helpers get help. You find your people, you find your tribe. That makes so much sense, Trinice. Like as a community leader, there has to be that level of being able to ask for support. Yeah, it's not comfortable, but it needs to be done. Yeah. No, I know. Well, it's the only way it can be. I'm looking at the eight of pentacles now. Like <laughs> oh God, it's the only way <laughs> I know it's the only way that your work can be sustainable. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, that's the fatigue people are familiar with and people just throwing the towel in, but my, I my throw the towel in is reevaluating where I am exerting energy that is not given back to me in a way that I can even receive it because it's not useful to me. It's more of a task. I need yeah. I need an energy that that's exchangeable that is giving freely and moves in a free manner and not fixated on me having to perform or do things. I just need energy that is good, you know. If I'm giving good, I should receive good and I should expect it in abundance. I shouldn't limit myself based off of, you know, ego or whatever people perceive my actions as. I'm just here to help because yeah. I know this life is bigger than me. Yep. 
powerful. Like this is now back to that sort of trust, like trusting mindset yeah. is that even in the moments where it feels like really hard to come by, you can trust that there are people in this community that see you and that want to stand with you, rally around you. Yeah. On that note, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. I am delighted to announce that Psyche Magic is now on Patreon. This podcast is a labor of love and an independent operation. If you're like me, supporting independent arts is deeply meaningful and a source of pride. If you decide to become a patron of this podcast, know that you'll be helping to keep the lights on allowing me to pay my team a fair wage, which as of now consists of myself and my amazing editor, Misuzu Inaga, and offsetting the financial and energetic costs of making the show. If you've been to my website, you also know that a portion of any proceeds from this podcast will go towards community-based organizations that support LGBTQ youth, such as the Oasis Center here in Nashville. By joining us on Patreon, you'll gain access to our bi-weekly bonus mini-sodes with meditations and exercises to enhance your dream work practices. This season, bonus mini-sodes will also feature custom healing frequency music by Misuzu Inaga herself to soothe your mind, body, and soul as you listen. You'll also receive detailed show notes for each full episode, as well as shout outs by name during the show. Bonus content for season one will remain free to all. If you aren't able to join the Patreon, there are still plenty of ways to support the show. You can share your favorite episodes with friends and loved ones, subscribe to us so you never miss an episode, and give us a five-star rating wherever you listen. You can also subscribe to our newsletter via our website so that you'll be the first to hear about new episodes, relevant articles and content, as well as fun interactive events I am planning for this season and beyond. Speaking of interactive events, I am trying something new this season. If you leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, you'll automatically be entered to win a free virtual 20-minute shadow work tarot session with yours truly. Together, we will pull cards and discuss their symbolic meaning, much like we do here on the show. Winners will be drawn at random at the end of each month. Thank you so much for being here. I can't wait to continue to watch our little community blossom. I want to give you all a heads up about a podcast I am really enjoying right now. Leadership School with Life Coach Kyla Kofer explores all facets of leadership, including conflict resolution, boundaries, self-care, purpose, and courage. I am particularly taken with her emphasis on leading from the inside out with an emphasis on nurturing the inner leader, making their purposeful work feel enriching and sustainable. I've taken away a lot of helpful wisdom from this show in terms of running my own businesses in a way that invigorates me instead of draining me. 
I hope you'll check it out. Leadership School is available on all podcasting platforms. You can also check out their website, leadershipschoolpodcast.com. It's now hitting me differently that a part of your dream also took place in a classroom because you were teaching us earlier about how that's another really important part of your work and the way that you show up in the world is sort of that like student becoming the teacher like transition and the kind of, you know, emotional and very real hurdles there are for you in, in making that shift, like in like sort of being able to step into that. Yeah. And a little known fact to some closest to me, man, I, I hate being told that I'm intelligent or smart. It makes me uncomfortable because at one point in my life, you know, that was kind of used against me and that if you're intelligent enough to understand certain things and you are intelligent enough to understand all things. And so that left little room for me to go, well, when I'm saying that I don't understand it. I need help. Right. No one teaches. So eventually I just have to self-teach or learn it um, from what I deem as credible. But what is credibility? That's when age passes, you're able to evaluate that a little bit more. So what I understood is credibility at 12 is not going to be the same at 28. Of course. So it's some things I'm unpacking that I taught myself and things that I adjusted because it just wasn't a presence there to teach that. I don't like that feeling of being told that I'm smart and intelligent, but I'm circling back to accepting and embracing that as a quality that I'm trusted with the whole classroom thing it's uncomfortable because a lot of things that I'm being uh, opportunities presenting itself is calling for me to do that. I'm always the person people come to to speak, to be up front and center. And I'm, yes, I am really an introvert, Jordan. Like a lot of my closest. I get it. I will tell you, I am unplugged. I'm an introvert. I'm what they consider the whole introverted, extroverted, whatever they call it. I actually heard someone recently put it this way and I really liked it. They said, I am an extroverted presenting introvert oh yes like I can act like an extrovert (laughs) yes but you see you follow me you know I'm posting where I'm out in the woods I'm off to myself any chance I get recharging where are we right now I'm in my car (laughs) chilling you know I know this is where I like to be because it's it's my parameters, my barrier space. Like if I'm in my car, even if it looks like I'm not doing anything because I'm meditating or something, just leave me alone for a little bit. When I step out the car, it's fair game that you can approach and I'm here, you know? Yeah. I make that connection because of the classroom and the dream is like, man, I'm having to sit in these positions now because some parts of me feel like not everything is written down. It's up here and I have to teach it. Yeah. Because that's I know that's a part of my calling. I know. Yes. Yes. In therapy, we talk a lot about like the true self, like that part of us that represents sort of like our highest self, our most honest self. And so when you say like, I just know that this is part of what I'm supposed to be doing, that feels very like self energy to me. You know, it's just it's just true. Like, I just I just know we are beautiful people, man. We really are. Yes. Definitely. Oh, can I ask you, so I didn't want to forget about this detail of the dream. Can I ask you about the glass in the classroom? Like associate a little bit about the glass. I guess when I ask you to associate, I mean that when you think of glass and glass being broken in that way, what are the first like things that come to mind? 
you know, I, I shared a meme the other day uh, that I came across and I, I love these memes now. I used to have a, a hate relationship with them because I'm like, it's <laughs> always a little true, but not most, it's mostly not true, you know? But yes. it was one part that was like, oh, how did it go? I, I Man, I don't want to mess it up. Let me pull it yeah, up. Yeah, find it, find it. Yeah, because I don't want to mess it up. It was so good, but I, I had so many responses once I posted it in my stories about mm. it. But this may relate to the glass and why it appeared because right now, like I said, I'm going through a lot of transitions in life and acceptance is one of them. And just walking in my full self, I feel like disconnected with that a little. Okay, here we go. I posted on here. It says you deserve to be loved without having to hide parts of yourself that you think are unlovable. Thank God. And I think the glass shattering, I think that the help not coming and I think the tumultuous waters in the storm itself I think all of that connects with that we hide parts of ourselves right because it's acceptable and uh, it's what's deemed as lovable based off of that person's perception of what acceptance should lie Uh, when you look at a person but it's all conditional Mm. and I don't think any of us were birthed into this world under conditions no we are free-forming spirits and we experience transition along this journey of life. Right. If we confine ourselves to limitations and what people deem as acceptable and continue to hide who we are, uh, we miss out on what we are designed to be, I believe. This may not be for everyone, but that's what I believe. And so I found that and I shared it because that's definitely a season that I'm in. You know, yes. I, I know there's parts of me that are unlovable. I know there's parts of me that are difficult uh, to love. I know I can irritate people. I, I, I have flaws um, about myself and I can pop off and curse with the best <laughs> of them if you push me to that point. But one thing that I know I am fully capable of and that I've done is love people unconditionally. Yes. Anyone can walk in here, part of any community, and they will not be rejected, nor will I allow anyone. But when it comes to me and the way in which I present myself, I don't think that it is received by many that I thought would have, if that makes sense. So the glass shattering and the evaluation of the community and that dream kind of blaming me for it. Mm-hmm. I think that connects with my community, you know, and people around me who you know, reject me for the parts of me that I feel comfortable enough at times to share yeah. uh, that vulnerability piece we were talking about earlier and experiencing rejection around it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That makes so much sense, Trinice, because when you think about glass as a symbol, glass is clear, it's see-through, it reveals, right? Like you're saying all parts of us, but it also is a boundary, like it's right so it's like it is clear and it's see-through so there's a level of just sort of like authenticity of like this is what this is like I am who I am but there's also a boundary there it's not just I can't just move through it whenever I want to however I want to and so it was important in your dream that that glass be fixed it was like I want to be authentic I want to love unconditionally and be loved unconditionally but I also need there to be a boundary there it can't just be a (laughs) free-for-all right that's so true I'm at the point now where you know I'm more comfortable being who I am than any time in my life where I think I have I've experienced bullying at early ages of life 
because I'm a nerd. Like y'all know the <laughs> you know the deal with that. I'm a nerd. I was into art. I'm tall and I don't play much ball, but I can play. Don't get it twisted. I just was very annoyed with people assuming that that's what I did. And I've always been a bookworm. So my my security was in libraries. I tell people all the time, no matter where I went, rather it was considered an inner city school. It was poor and you know, had the worst of the worst kids, apparently, or uh, the suburban area, because I went to school in Hendersonville, the libraries were always empty. So y'all tell me what type of kid <laughs> is going where. I was always the one beating myself back to signing in at the library, okay? So I don't want to hear what people are based off of where they're located, because I've experienced people in different places, and they all do the same thing at some point, or they have traits that we can relate to. But what I'm saying is, like, I I had to grow comfortable with walking in who I am, you know, despite any rejection that comes with it. I'm comfortable with rejection, but like walking in all of who I am means letting some people down and that's okay. That's right. Oh, I don't know about you, but I have felt myself really starting to step into that way of being for the first time, really like sort of easing into my thirties. Yeah. If I'm honest, like a lot of my twenties were still really trying to fit into like other people's boxes a lot of the time. I don't know. There's something about the thirties, man. Well, that's it's encouraging, like- <laughs> Jordan. Keep speaking. That's encouraging. Cause you know, you start nearing certain ages and like my, my high school uh, reunion was this year. And okay. it's like, that's the 10 year reunion. Ah. Like it's been 10 years since I've graduated. That's I know. So, you know, but you think about, well, I think about, you know, if it's been 10 years since I graduated, I ain't did half of the things I thought I was going to do at that age. And then we reaching 30 and people have these preconceived notions of what that looks like. So I'm encouraged by you saying that. There's just a level of, I don't know, it reminds me of what you were saying earlier about sort of stepping into myself like more and more. And it makes me hope that like, okay, so maybe the 40s will be even more like, let's yeah. just keep this going. Exactly. I tell people, man, the next 10 years, I want to enjoy myself. Don't come talking to me about children because I don't want any right now. Exactly. And that's okay. If it's okay with me, it should be okay with you. And if it's not, that's for you to figure out. I yes. want to I've spent the past years trying to figure out and fix I'm ready to enjoy my life you know see the world experience people uh where they are not where I think they should be yes and and just live man and give me some dogs that I'm closer to getting more dogs than I am ever having kids as a dog mom yes absolutely 100% (laughs) oh she's so cute oh my god she okay but that what you're describing that's the glass like that's you being like this is me don't put your ideas on me right. that's the boundary not who I should be with uh-uh. not, no 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 no, no. I, look don't don't do any of that just if experience me that's what you need to focus on because see this this life we all got our, our appointment date right it is so finite and yeah. limited already then you add all the societal things onto it and you have to work through what what you should pay attention to and what you shouldn't, which is another part of fatigue. With I know. It's like you, you either have to be all on it all the time or you're being complacent when you're not prioritizing it. I mean, I can't say how to balance that because some things are pressing. But I know for me, I don't care if this world is on fire. I'm going to go. I need a break. At, yeah. At the bank of a waterfall, stick my feet in the water. And I'm going to sit there for however long I need to. 
Yes. And the only thing I'll be worried about is sunblock getting on me if it's sunny out, you know, to make sure I'm protecting myself. (laughs) Yes. And nobody's going to make me feel bad about that because I can't, I've been there. I've, I've literally left this community and have passed up neighbors who were standing in one spot and I'd return no matter how late later in the day and they'd still be standing at the same spot. And that can be discouraging to you because before I open my mouth to judge them, I'm in this community with them. So what does that say about me? So whatever I was getting ready to say about them, I can say for myself is how I internalize that. But it can also be a problem if witnessing someone doing something, you know, uh, that's just not right. Right. Some things we all can agree are not right. Yeah. Drug activities, all of that type of stuff. And you're trying to do good and you feel like it's not enough or you're not moving fast enough. So I try to encourage people when they come to me is, man, don't, uh, if you ask my advice, it's going to always be to look inward and listen to yourself. Don't be um, limited to whatever this world tells you you need to be focused on because mm-hmm. it's not, that's not true. You'll waste your life away missing out on a lot of pretty moments. Yes. Yes. Because rest is resistance. Like joy Mm -hmm. is resistance. I tell a lot of people about the book pleasure activism by Adrienne Marie Brown. Are you familiar with that book? I feel like you, I feel like you would love that book, Trudy. Okay. Put it on my list. Yeah. Put it on your library list. I don't know about you, but my to read pile is like hundreds of titles long at all times. Girl. (laughs) So just add it to the, (laughs) add it to the pile. Girl. Yeah. I go to the library and I walk, I walk out with just like a huge like pile of books and they're all looking at me like, Oh boy, good luck with that. Thank you so much for sharing that dream. That was a really powerful one. You know, my thing is, is what do you do after dreams when you feel like they are so insightful? Like what, what do you typically do when you've had a dream that Mm -hmm. shakes you? Mm -hmm. Do you go to calming yourself down? Do you write it down? Do you start to behave differently? Like, what do you encourage people to do when it's a a dream like that? Okay, I've got something good for you. I actually just read about this recently and I want to experiment with it more. So maybe we can experiment with it together. But so oftentimes what I'll do is I'll find I need two things. One is that I need some time on my own, my little introvert self to just process and journal and just kind of be in my own like feelings about the dream. And for me, that usually looks like writing. It's just the most natural thing for me. So I almost always will write about it and just like be in my own kind of feelings about it. Usually for a while, like I'll need to revisit it like several times. You know what I mean? And then on the other side of the coin, I also often need to talk to somebody about it like someone I trust. Right. Mm. Mm -hmm. And so I find that being able to discuss a dream with someone safe and just do that sort of verbal processing that we do in therapy that often will lead to a little bit more of an insight because of the way my brain is working. So I find I often need both. The thing I just read about that I thought was really cool was this idea of incorporating like a ritual So this is actually like an eight of pentacles thing. So this is about making my insights tangible. I'll give you an example. Let's say that I had a dream about basically needing to let go of maybe like a sense of materialism. Let's say that my insight I brought from the dream was that I've I've been bogged down too much in material things and seeking materialism and that I need to get a little bit more focused inwardly. I need to get a little bit more focused on my community and less on accumulating stuff. Okay. So mm-hmm. as a ritual to absorb the message of that dream, something that I might do 
is I might take some material object that, you know, I kind of cling to and I might do what you do. I might sell it. I might get rid of it. I might decide like, I'm going to, I'm going to let go of this in a ritualistic way to kind of absorb that, that message. I'm going to create a little, a little ritual, a little tangible way of saying to the universe and to myself, I'm listening. I hear this message. I'm going to do something about it. Wow. Yeah. 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 It's a cool thing. I know me too. I'm going to experiment with that more for sure. And it doesn't have to be a big deal. It can be a little, just as like lighting a candle and thinking about something. It doesn't have to be like a big to do, but doing some kind of physical ritual can be a really great way to like absorb that, that message. Yeah. No, I'm going to have to try that. Yeah. I already, as you were going through the list, you know, I, I told you last time I write a lot, like that's my way of getting through. Yes. It's been my entire life. I'm a big journaler and everything. Me too. But then I've kind of made you my person to talk about my dreams with. Now, thank you. Anytime. Yeah, if you're game to be that. You know, I'm always down. (laughs) So, yeah. But that third piece, I may have to do. Yeah. That's, That's something. It's pretty cool. Yeah. That came from a book called Inner Work by Robert Johnson that I'm still like making my way through. But I literally just read that section the other day and I was like, this is interesting. Okay. Wow. I know. Yeah. You have to send me the books you read. Yes. I I need to, you're right. Though I need to make a little psyche magic, like book list, you You know, that's a good idea. Yeah. I should do that. (laughs) You already do a playlist, right? Yes, I do. Yeah. Do the book. book Oh, help us out. Help us out. I got to help you guys out. No, it's, it's really just the things that I'm nerding out about, honestly. Right, right. <laughs> but, but you don't know, like I'm nerding out about it now. You, you That's right. My interest. So, That's right. Yeah. That's so fun. Oh, Trinice. Okay. Well, we are coming to the end of time. You're just a delight. Thank you. Aww. Thank you for being here. Thank you for just being so open with us about your work and your mission and what's going on in your world. Like, it sounds like there's a lot happening for you. So yeah. thank you for sharing a little slice of your life with us. And, um, please now I would love it if you could just tell listeners how they can stay connected with you and your work with true talks with let's talk gardening like how can they kind of keep up to date yeah so guys I'm uh I'm actually teaching at Amquist market uh the farmer's market nice so that's the Amquist station in Madison Tennessee if you're familiar with the area yes um off of Gallatin Pike that is every first and third Sunday uh being there as well but I've pretty much sold everything. So just come to learn, you know, and then come with your gardening class, uh, questions. But I may offer one more course before the year is out. So those are virtually and in person. If you'd like to learn more about my services, just visit www.letstalkgardening.net. Um, on Instagram, trying to do some more garden tours. We kind of took a break since the pandemic, but we're back on it. First one is live uh, featuring Smiling Frogs Farm out of Hermitage, Tennessee. Check that out at let's underscore talk underscore gardening. And then True Talks podcast is going to be launching again. We're going to go once a month. I don't have the mental capacity to do like every two weeks. That's so smart. No, that's smart. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, I can't. So yeah, get on there, guys. Uh, Be in to listen to previous content, but we are going to start back up actually next week. Um, I don't know what the... Friday is, but our first mid-season premiere guest will be on there to launch us back off. And that's True Talk, spelled T-R-U, uh, podcast. 
and it's available everywhere. And then lastly, right now, guys, when I'm not podcasting the gardening, I'm doing a little bit of YouTube. And so nice. I like to run my series called Saturday Park Adventure on there. Told y'all I love nature and observing it. Come journey with me to some of Nashville and Tennessee greenways. We go into state parks and local parks. It's all about encouraging people to be active and appreciate what's around you and what's given to you without asking. And that's nature. That's right. So, yeah. Look for I Am Trinice Productions over there amazing okay i'm gonna put all this in the show notes as well i didn't know about your youtube girl nobody knows everything look jordan i know you know enough trust me you know enough you got (laughs) you just got so much going on and it makes me so happy that you want to share these different little slices of your interests and your world with us on these different like platforms it's just i i want to follow them all so i will Um, it's it's less about me though it's all about man just appreciate the world around you nature is so giving like let's love on it let's plant some trees yo and before i go i got to plug this yes um root nashville has a phenomenal um program and campaign going we're trying to get five hundred thousand trees in ground in the nashville area by 2050 i am a root nashville tree captain of the east nashville area it's still going so each household can get up to three trees for free they're all natives we have one that's fruit bearing so if you guys want just fruit incredible get at me email me at i am trenice at yahoo.com or go to root nashville i think it's dot work i'll find it i'll put it in the i'll put it in the yeah. notes and get signed up for some trees guys because we why we not need to, yeah we need to get them back because a lot of development and just natural catastrophes have interfered with our tree canopy here i was gonna say that storm the other day even was yeah. really rough and a lot there were a lot of limbs and trees down so yes let's plant more yeah uh, Trinius, I always walk away from conversations with you feeling so inspired and excited. Thank you. Thank you for everything. This was a delight. And um, let's definitely stay in touch, talk more soon. Let's go on a nature walk together. Let's go to like a park together. Let's do it. That sounds so fun. Let's go. Um, Absolutely. I'm gonna hold you to it in the same. I love talking with you, Jordan. I I absolutely love talking with you. I learned so much and I mean, keep doing what you're doing. It's not in vain, man. I love psyche magic. Oh man, so many good conversations over there. But yeah, you're you're a bright light in the sense that, man, just talking to you and seeing you, you're always smiling and just encouraging folks. So I appreciate that. And I can't wait to walk with you. Thank you, Trinice. You're welcome. I am beaming. You're the best. That's a wrap for this episode. Thank you again to my guest, Trinice Bryant. May your dreams continue to lead you deeper into the beauty of your authenticity. If you believe in this work and want to support the continuation of our show, please join us on Patreon. There we are building a community where you'll find bonus dream work exercises, guided meditations, community events, and so much more. The link is in show notes. Don't forget, if you leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, you'll be automatically entered into a monthly contest to win a free 20-minute shadow work tarot session with yours truly. But please subscribe and rate us wherever you get your podcasts. It truly makes a difference and helps other people find the show. Do you have questions or a dream you want to share? Please drop me an email at psychemagicpodcast at gmail.com. 
You can also leave me a voicemail via the link in show notes. I'd love to hear from you and you could be featured on a future episode. You can also follow us on Instagram at psyche underscore magic. Check out my Psyche Magic playlist on Spotify. Link is in show notes. Psyche Magic was produced and recorded by me, Jordan Hale. Editing for this episode is by Misuzu Inaga. Our theme music is by Young Summer. Artwork is by Annika Murphy. Special thanks go to Grace Fuse and Daniel Higby. You can check out information about this and other episodes on our website, psychemagicpodcast.com. Psyche Magic is available via Anchor across all podcasting platforms. Thank you so much for listening. I'll leave you with a question. If you must sleep through a third of your life, are you willing to sleep through your dreams too? Get your dream journals out, y'all. Until next time. <laughs>